This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Speakernomics the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. And this episode is special because it's being recorded live at the Las Vegas chapter meeting in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we are going to talk about creating distinction. And our guest is the one and only Scott McCain, CSP, CPAE. Scott, welcome to Speakernomics. Thank you. Tom, it's great to be with you. I am a fan of this program, so to be your guest is a, is a particular privilege. Well, Thank and you. I am a fan of Scott McCain, so oh, we're going to have some fun. And today we're going to talk about creating distinction. So what are your two tips for speakers about how to create distinction for their career? Number one, comparison creates commoditization. So when we define what we do in a way that's easy to compare to others, we've also commoditized what we do. Second thing is you can't be the coach of your own business. We might be great at coaching other businesses. We might be great at bringing content to other organizations, but it's really tough to turn the mirror on ourselves and be accurate in terms of what we do there. All right, this is gonna be an episode that is full of information. So everybody listening, be ready to take some notes because Scott is awesome. And what he does, if you're not familiar with Scott McCain, and I don't know how you could be active in the business of being a professional speaker and not know who Scott McCain is, but he helps organizations and individuals discover how to stand out and earn more money by creating marketplace distinction. Now, he actually got started as a speaker while he was in college via the FFA organization. And his first paid speech, he was still a college student and he was paid to give a graduation speech at another college. And since then, he has continued to grow and thrive in this business. And for over four decades, he has been a full-time professional speaker. So Scott, before we get into distinction, What's it like to have been in this business for over four decades? You know, Tom, it, it's amazing how quickly it passes. You, you, you say that, and I think you're talking about somebody else. <laughs> because, <laughs> gosh, it is just going. I am just so honored and so thrilled to be a part of this, but yet we've seen remarkable changes. Remarkable changes in terms of what the audience wants, in terms of performance, and in terms of how we deliver. Look at what's happening virtually today. Look at what's happening in terms of TED Talks. There, there's so many changes in this business. 
business. It's, it's just been remarkable to see it, but also challenging to stay relevant. So much of that time, you've been very active as a member of the National Speakers Association. Absolutely. Many people who listen to this podcast aren't NSA members, and maybe they've barely even heard of the organization. What would you say to people who are just getting into the business, or maybe they've been around a long time, who don't yet know about NSA? Well, if, if I was a medical doctor, I would join the AMA. If I'm a lawyer, I would join the Bar Association. I, I don't see why any speaker would not want to be a part of the professional organization that represents what we do. I think every speaker, everyone who's interested in earning money from giving speeches should be a member of the National Speakers Association. So what are some of the biggest changes you've seen in recent years to our industry? To the industry, it's, it's a, many things. One, one is, is so incredibly positive, and that's the focus we're seeing now on diversity and inclusion. It, it used to be four old white guys that get up and speak. When I first started speaking, the biggest challenge was being so young that there was a bias against me. What could a young person bring to the platform? Now, good grief, it's so incredible and so wonderful what we're seeing in terms of making our stages look as diverse as our employees, as our people, as our leaders. Awesome. So I want to jump into the meat of this interview because you are the leading expert when it comes to distinction in the business world. So your first tip was that comparison leads to commoditization. And when you said that, I, I kind of shivered because so many speakers, you know, they, they do accidentally commoditize themselves. So let's go deeper into what happens when you compare, how do speakers compare, and why does that then put them in that commodity bucket? I, I, so many times I've been on a plane and somebody says to me, what do you do? And before I started researching distinction, my, my response was, I'm a professional speaker. And they would invariably go, oh, a motivational speaker. Now, when you say you're a motivational speaker, you invite comparison either with the guy in the van down by the river. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Farley, for, for that image of professional speakers. Yeah. Or, or Tony Robbins or Zig Ziglar. And either comparison, I lose. Because that's not what I do, but yet how dramatic and polarized those, those two options are is pretty remarkable. So what I want to do is to say something that gets people to say, well, tell me more about that. How do you do that? So when I say I work with individuals and organizations to create marketplace distinction so they can stand out and earn more, typically the response is, well, how do you do that? Or what do you mean by that? And now we have a conversation and it is about solutions. See, I, I think the speech is the vehicle by which we deliver what our clients want. Clients don't want a speech and those that do really aren't valuing what we do. You're filling the slot between 10 and 11. What clients really want from us is ideas and solutions and, and, and things that will make them more profitable, more productive, and a better organization. Individuals are looking for the same thing. What can I get from this speaker that's going to inspire me or inform me or motivate me or give me ways I can be better? That's what we want the conversation to be about because that's the end result. The speech is the vehicle by which we get there. But so many speakers do fall into that commoditization bucket. Sure. They're, they're a, a DEI speaker or they're a marketing speaker or they're a network speaker or whatever their topic is and they don't do anything to take themselves out of that bucket they, they sort of wave that flag as what they lead with so what is it that you want to tell speakers specifically about how not to bucketize themselves commoditize themselves by creating that comparison think of the result that you're trying to stimulate not the product that you're trying to market so in other words to, to your point about I'm, I'm a networking speaker what I would really say is I teach individuals and organizations how they can improve productivity through the connections that 
they make. Ooh, I should say that. That's good. Like that. Okay, thanks. I'm going to have to listen back. I'm going to have to listen back to this episode and write that down. That's that's the, going on my website tomorrow. The consulting invoices in the mail. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so keep going with that. Let's expand. Sure. Sure. So once we do that, then we get a conversation going. And and that is our greatest uh, way that we can influence what the outcome is going to be. If if I say that I am a speaker, now all of a sudden they've pigeonholed me. They've they've put me in a slot. If if I say to you, I have a dry cleaners, then, then all of a sudden you have a picture in your mind, not only of what I do, but what my building looks like, how well I'm going to deliver. You may be thinking about the time the dry cleaners, you know, put a hole in your suit. Yeah, you're going to think about bad experiences as well. I don't want to be painted with that brush. I, I want to have a unique conversation about what I can deliver for that prospective client that, that sets me apart. If I say I'm a motivational speaker, they compare me to others, as I said earlier. If I say I'm a customer service speaker, then, then that puts me in a box. I want to do everything I can to build my own box rather than to have the comparison of, of others that do what we do as speakers. All right. So you've seen a lot of people come and go in this industry. You bet. How can we build that box and what are some examples of people you've seen do a really good job of creating, as Joe Calloway would say, that category of one? Well, Joe is one of the first examples that comes to mind, right? Because we, you know who Joe is and I get quoted that Jerry Garcia line so much about, you know, we, we don't want to be known as the best at what we do. We want to be known as the only one that, that do what we do. And that's, that's kind of the basis of Joe's thinking, my thinking as well. Yeah, you know, gosh, there's so many. I mean, the late, great Jeannie Robertson, we would, we would describe her as a humorist, but she was so much more, right? She, she wove the fabric of her life as a metaphor for what we can see in ourselves. Uh, you grief. Uh, so many folks come to mind, Zig Ziglar being one. I mean, if, if I say to a speaker group, if I say, see you at the top, you know who that is. If, if I say unlimited power, you, you know that's Tony Robbins. If, if there are certain words that you can use and the speaker immediately comes to mind, baton with genie, you know, those kinds of things. So I think what we want to do as speakers is so that they go, you know, I can't remember the speaker's name, but that's the person on. And I think that's where you've really created distinction is, is that point where you can be described by what you do, not just by your name. I, the, the other component of that is that there's something during your presentation that's a really compelling story. Uh, a lot of us have signature stories. Mine's about a taxi driver in Jacksonville, Florida named Taxi Terry. I, I have booked more dates than I could tell you from people that can't remember my name, but they remember the story about Taxi Terry. So they do a, a Google search for Taxi Terry and that pops up. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be easy to find even for people who can't remember your name. So when I first wanted to get into the speaking business, I was working as the director of marketing for a law firm and then later a bank, and I was studying all of the great people, yourself included, all these people in the National Speakers Association and beyond. And Joe Calloway's book, the category, Become a Category of One, I read the book, and when I started speaking, I was speaking on your network and your brand, but I was turning it around for the audience. Right. And I called myself the conference catalyst. 
And it was, I don't think I ever would have had a successful career yeah. if I had not found that, that little piece of distinction. Yeah. So let's look at, you don't have to name names here, let's look at mistakes that you see speakers make where they do the exact opposite. Instead of becoming, you know, creating that distinction like you want them to, they actually put themselves in a puddle of mediocrity and sameness. Hey, that was the problem I had for many years in the beginning of the business. I love speaking so much. I I, I would speak anytime, any place, anybody that called, any topic that you wanted. I, I, I was there. I mean, t tell me what you know. Stress management. Okay, great. That's really stressful for me. So I'll have something on that by the time the speech comes around, right? I, I was all things to all people. I was a mile wide and an inch deep. And had I not gone through a, a personal situation and a personal tragedy in my life where the business went away, and 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 I had to kind of pull on my big person pants and, and figure this out, I, I don't know that I would have had this happen. Where I really had to think about how can I stand out? See, we think as speakers, meeting planners choose us. That's not exactly the full picture. They choose us instead of the other alternatives that are available to them. And so what we have to do is to stand out for that meeting planner so that we become the alternative that they're most likely to select. That doesn't happen because we're the same as everybody else. You know, when I asked Tammy to marry me, I did not get down on one knee and say, honey, you're just like every other woman I've ever dated. Will you marry me? For, right? those, of us, for those of us who have met Tammy, she is not like every <laughs> she, other woman. She you is, can say that she again. Is yeah, spectacular. She is. And, 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 but we're, we're attracted because of our differences, not because of our similarities. And so what we have to do is to accentuate what makes us unique in the marketplace as opposed to what makes us similar because that's where commoditization comes into place which means we can't raise our fee we can't get the engagements that we want we can't do the business we we would like well now is a time where that message is really important and and you went through something that caused your business to go away and you needed to reinvent it to become distinct a lot of us in this business over the last two and a half years have really been hit hard by by the pandemic and some other things that are going on in the economy so there are people listening right now who have lost money who've had to close their business True. who've gone out and taken other jobs what advice would you have for them as they as you put it put on their big boy pants and pull them up <laughs> well it, it begins with your content I had a friend in the music business uh, say that uh, our businesses were a lot alike. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, you sing, you do it. He said, no, no. Success comes from having a strong song. Strong songs get played on the radio, get streamed on Spotify, get purchased, drive you to join the fan club, subscribe to their newsletters. He said that's where it all begins. And he said the same is true with you and your message about distinction. People book speeches, they buy your books, they subscribe to your, your memberships. All of that comes from the content. So if you're having a very, very difficult time right now, and this is what I meant about you can't coach yourself, is you've got to go back to what is the message? What's the core of what you do? What's the core of the message? And, and, and what problems do you solve for your clients in a unique way? When you get back to that, then now you have something that is marketable. You have something that, that the speech becomes the vehicle for that content, whether it's delivered virtually, whether it's delivered in person on the stage, whether it's a keynote, workshop, training, whatever it might be, it's all going to get back to that core message. So when you strengthen the core, and you need to get outside coaching and help on this to really help you find it, when you strengthen the core, then the rest of the business can grow.
So this is a perfect transition to your second tip, which is <laughs> you can't coach your own business. So you've explained what that means, but so many people think I'm a business performance sure. expert and that's what I speak on. I don't need to hire a coach or the opposite is true. They're new to the business yeah. and all you have to do is show up and go, I want to be a speaker and you're going to have 5 million people saying, I can coach you. I can coach you. How do you distinguish finding the right coach in a sea of coach, 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 coach? Great question. Uh I, I, I've got to back up for a second. I, I've spoken at Y8 last week for Action Coach, which is the nation's largest franchise of business coaches. Mm -hmm. And Brad Sugars, who is the founder and CEO, got up and that, that was the message. And it hit me between the eyes. He, he said, every one of you need a business coach. And they're like, we are business coaches. What do you know? You can't coach your own business. And then from there, I went to High Point University and I'm, I'm with Nito Cobain and listening to his presentation and Dr. Cobain's said, if you leave this meeting comfortable, I have not done my job. And I think that's, that's part of how we select the coach. Who makes us a little bit uncomfortable? Who makes us feel that challenge of the gap between where we are and where we want to be? There are a lot of coaches out there. One of the questions I would ask of, of a coach is what qualifies you to change my life? Because a coach will not only change your speech, not only change your marketing, they'll change your life. Uh, the, the great Patricia Fripp introduced me to her speech coach at the time, the late Ron Arden. And, and it was as much therapy for my life as it was a, a, a sea change for my business. And, and that's what great coaches do. They, they inspire us, they motivate us, they, they kick us squarely in the seat of the pants, they make us uncomfortable. But, but progress is never made in comfort. Progress is only made and distinction is only created when you're a little bit uncomfortable. Because part of it is, what do you, not only what are you going to say yes to, we have to be challenged about what we're willing to say no to. The Speakers Bureau called after I started speaking on distinction and, and, and asked my Shelley that, that has run our office for years, said, will you please ask Scott to start speaking about customer service? I don't get any calls for distinction. And that was one of the biggest moments of, of, and I went to my coach and I said, what do I do? And they said, you're talking about not being a commodity. Are you willing to say no to, to programs and the speeches wow. and the fees to be willing to put your flag in the ground and say, this is who I am. This is what I do. It cost me money on the front side, but what it's made my business become on the back end has, has been absolutely incredible. So I need everybody listening to take a moment to hear what you just said, because that is so powerful in the fact that you had business calling you saying, eh, you can do this customer service thing. Yeah. And you said, plant the flag. And now, you know, your, your book solid is the, the guy for distinction. So how does an up and coming speaker, besides calling your coach and saying, what should you do? How do they get the gumption, the umph to be able to do that? It, it is exactly what you said, Tom. I mean, it is making that choice. It is saying that I, I can, you know, Zig Ziglar had a great line. He, he said, you can either be a, a meaningful, specific, or a wandering generality. Oh. As Zig was so remarkable. By the way, my first NSA meeting, I, I'm, I'm walking down the hall and I see Zig Ziglar sitting in a chair writing. And I went in thinking that, oh gosh, I didn't know he was gonna be conducting a breakout. No, 
when he came to NSA meetings, he would sit in the audience and take notes. And if there's anybody that didn't need to sit in the audience and take notes, obviously it was Zig Ziglar. And that's, that's part of it too, is who do we choose to study? I, I chose to study his career and how he developed. And, and that's part of what we do in this process as well. For, for a beginning speaker, you know, put down who are, whose careers do you want to emulate? Not, not imitate, but emulate. Whose speaker, what, what speakers do you admire? And what specifically can you learn from them and adapt that into your own business. So I want to go back to this idea of finding a coach though, because yeah. I think that there's a lot of people out there sure. who call themselves coaches who yeah. aren't providing value. Yeah. And then there's a lot of people out there who are amazing coaches who are transforming lives, but not for all their clients. It's right. kind of, you know, they have two or three people they've really helped and then it's like, ah. Eh. And then you have people who are transformational for most of their clients. Yeah. How do I identify that if I'm looking for a coach? I think there's two things you, you have to ask. Number one is you have to ask yourself, what do I want from this? One of the questions that, that was asked of me and one of the questions I now ask when I do some coaching is, are you looking to tweak your speech or transform your business? And the speaker has to decide that because sometimes all you want from a speech coach is, hey, here's how you can tweak this story and make it better. Or have you thought about moving this humorous program, a part of your program to the front instead of the back so you get the audience in the right frame of mind? Sometimes that's all we want. Other times we want that transformational and holistic approach. I'm, I'm going to work with you not only on your speech, but on your career and on your marketing and on your goals and those kinds of things. So you, you as a speaker, have to decide that first and then those are the questions you take to the coach because there are some coaches that only work on your speech if you're looking for transformation that's not your choice there are some that are transformational and really what you're wanting to do is to make your your 60-minute keynote better so by understanding those questions and answers for yourself then it enables you to ask that of your coach so some people have coaches yep. Some people belong to mastermind groups. Yep. Some people do both. You have been a, a member of a long-standing mastermind group. Yes. Uh, I have been a member of a long-standing mastermind group. Most don't last 10 years. I believe yours has been around much longer. Is a mastermind group as good as having a coach for some people? Is that the right answer? And how do you find that right group of peers to have a mastermind group with? Wow, we could do a whole program on, on, on those questions. We, we actually, there. about a year and a half yeah, ago, did an entire it. episode I, I on did. how to find a mastermind group that'll last. It, 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 it's a spectacular episode. And I'll just echo what was said in that. It, it, you have to be, there's two things you have to have in a, in a successful mastermind. First is personalities that get along with each other because are these people that you, you wanna go drink a bourbon or, or smoke a cigar or, or have a cup of coffee with first thing in the morning? Are these the kind of people you enjoy hanging out with but the hardest thing is they also have to be people who will push you and challenge you without an agenda of their own other than your success those are the mastermind groups that make it to me the ones that fall apart are the ones where everybody kind of has a hidden agenda uh, I, I, I want you to be successful as long as you're not more successful than I am right I mean when, when you get that in a mastermind group that mastermind group won't succeed so that's the key to a mastermind group in some cases it the mastermind group I'm in would not replace coaching because what we focus on more is business and life and balance and those kinds of things so we've we have chosen as a group that's not our goal others gosh it'd be a, a, a phenomenal way to get coaching because you're also dealing with people who, who who can see your progress in your development over an extended period of time which is part of what we want as well 
So if somebody listening comes up with something that allows them to be distinct mm -hmm. and they have real coaching support, be it a formal paid coach or be it a mastermind group or, or someone, you know, just really good speaker friends. I tell everybody the secret sauce yeah, to this business is having speaker friends. Exactly. And, and if they have that direction, what else do they need to be able to have a 40 plus year career in this business? Be known for something, but simultaneously how you present it and how you deliver it has to be relevant and urgent. In other words, it has to be relevant with what's going on in the marketplace today, but there has to be a degree of urgency that your clients need that message at this particular time. You know, there, there are a lot of great speakers who had great messages and are dated. A, 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 an old time speaker, uh, before he passed away, gave me his cassette, that's, that's a cassette <laughs> collection. And it's, it was of all of the old, I mean, literally the first group of CPAEs, which is our Professional Speaker Hall of Fame as part of the National Speakers Association. And it's amazing to go back and listen to those because there are some that are so dated and, and the references so, I don't want to say offensive, but insensitive. Sure that they could not make it. There are others that, that all they would need to do is to just change some of the names and the, and the dates, and they could give that speech today. And, and listening to those years ago, I decided I, I wanted to be in that latter category. I wanted somebody, to, if they listened to my presentation a decade from now or 20 years from now or after I'm gone, that they could go, wow, there's, there's nuggets there that still apply today. We need to update the references, right? <laughs> we, we, you know, uh, who knows, maybe Apple will be extinct in, you know, in 30 years. Uh, but but yeah, you, can't use you can't use Blockbuster as like yeah. this great example. <laughs> exactly. I, I want to tell you how great circuit city is uh, but, but which by the way was one of the companies in good to great that was you know named as, as one of the great, great. companies of, of, of the world sure. uh, I, 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 I would want people to think that the core though the the values that I talk about and the core of the message is timeless well I love this idea of being relevant and urgent and I mean I've just seen you know I've, I've been a professional speaker for about 13 years yeah. and just in that 13 years the world has changed oh, yeah. what audiences want have changed yeah. and what is expected even just coming out of the pandemic so many things have changed so is there a barometer that speakers can use to say I am relevant and there is an urgency you're, you're gonna learn that from your audience but, but the other thing I, I would say, given the, the longevity of my career, is that this too shall pass. You know, I, I was talking to a meeting professional the other day because TED Talks were so popular. Everybody wanted the TED Talk. And a meeting professional said the other day, what they realized is when they booked a TED speaker for a 60-minute presentation, there were 20 minutes that were great. <laughs> and there were 40 minutes that were kind of okay. And so they could either triple their budget for speakers and get three 20 minute speakers, or they could get a true professional that could deliver a one hour keynote speech. That is where the pendulum is swinging back in, in a direction. So I, I, I would encourage, don't, don't get discouraged if the barometric pressure that you're feeling at this particular time, pressure being the operative word, isn't trending in your direction. Find ways, but, but again, you gotta listen to the audience and, and, and you've gotta listen to what they are saying and the feedback that you're getting. And sometimes it's not gonna be what you want, but it may be what you need. So Scott, before I let you go, 
What other advice do you wish every speaker listening had when it came to distinction or just success in general? Get a better speech. Exp expand on that. I'm still working on that. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I respectfully disagree with some of the things that Simon Sinek says. Because I don't believe people buy my why. They buy my how. If, if I get up and give an inferior presentation, the audience isn't going to go, yay, but he had a great why. His speech was <laughs> terrible, but he really meant well. You know, his heart was in the right place. Uh, we're, we're judged by how we deliver. If, if, if I go to a restaurant and the food is cold and the service is horrible, I don't go, but the owner had such a great why. Uh, we buy the how. Now, the why is important internally, individually, but the how is, is what our clients are buying. So if there's anything that I can do to make my business better, it's to make my product better. It's to make my speech and how we serve our clients through my office and through everything that we do. It, when I make that the ultimate customer experience, which is our trademark, by the way, uh, when I make it, when we deliver that, when we're so good at the how that we get repeat and referral business, then that's a business that will last. Scott McCains, thank you so much for joining us here on Speakernomics. Tom, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a delight. And Thanks, Vegas. Thank you, Vegas. And thank you to the Las Vegas chapter. You are the first chapter ever to have a live recording of Speakernomics done at one of your meetings. Thanks for having us. Vegas. And for everybody listening to Speakernomics, please join us every single week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money and be better as a professional speaker. And please, always remember the motto of this podcast. Speak, get paid, repeat. <laughs>